Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right, let's try this again, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings and good day to all of you, ladies and gentlemen, out there. Hopefully, it is sounding better. Uh, so, if I can get a 5 5 or a thumbs up, making sure that the sound quality sounds better before I go through my spiel. Okay, Rietta says much better. Good deal. Don't know what was going on there, but okay. So, we're going to go through this whole gamut again. So, greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co host, with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is certainly in the captain's chair at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. And today is Monday, July 10th, 2023. Take two for the podcast. The last one sounded like I was on a tunnel. And you are listening to episode 573, A Plea to God. And we'll be doing a reading out of Psalm 44. And of course, a daily disclaimer, take two again for all the Karens and Darens out there and the degenerates and reprobates here. This one goes out to you. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-lettered corrupt agencies like the CIA and FBI. Hello, CIA and FBI, if you happen to be listening. Uh, while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly and advocate for your participation in your local General Jural Assemblies, I am not... And I repeat, I am not the official face or voice of the National, State, or County Assembly. And, and, I also want to emphasize that I do not have any affiliations with any other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. And therefore, I also have never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed here on this show are solely my own unless I reference other materials. So there you go. 
man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, I tell you. So I'm glad I'm sounding a little bit better there. Uh, the sound quality absolutely sucked, apparently, so I do apologize for that. So I, again, I hope everybody had a good weekend. We had a face-to-face meeting here in Michigan, I guess uh, up there in the great uh, north of Alaska there. Destry and all their friends up there in the assembly, they get together and had a nice, good, delicious potluck. They had some good steaks uh, actually prepared by a professional cook, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that was their equivalent of their uh, face-to-face meeting, but nonetheless, they get together every month, it seems like, and they do a potluck. And that is a state that actually is working in harmony with, uh, with each other, ladies and gentlemen. That is a state right there that is working in harmony. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Family, not fighting amongst one another not creating contentious BS arguments and, you know, just basically creating arguments over, you know, creating arguments over minutia of, oh, how do we write a emotion and this and that and blah, 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 blah. It's like, my God, stop it. I mean, we have, as assemblies, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. But yeah, we got a lot of people out there that want to infiltrate and they want to get involved and they want to freaking fusticate. And quite frankly, the traders are going down. So TikTok traders, let this be your final call, TikTok. So, but before we get into the reading, I want to play a couple audio pieces here that I think are really worth listening to. This one's about 54 seconds. Give this a quick listen. Hopefully it plays. Before God ever next levels you, he separates you. Stop calling it loneliness. You're not alone. You've been separated. Now listen, God separates us for three reasons. Number one, anytime God separates you, it's because I want to give you the tools necessary for your destiny. That's the first reason I've separated you. You're not alone, boo-boo. You've been separated. The second reason that God separates you is because I want you to clearly know my voice. You're surrounded by too many voices to where you can't hear my voice from the coach's voice to your friend's voice to your bae's voice to your mama's voice. I need you to know my voice. So I'm going to put you in a season where I can train you and teach you how to know my voice. And the third reason God separates us, which is my personal favorite, he separates us to make us unrecognizable to the people who only knew us by our wound. That's right. That only knew us by our wound. I love what that pastor or whoever that guy was. I liked what his message was. He's not making us and he's not putting us in a position of loneliness. He is merely separating us because, again, the most important thing, he wants us to know his voice. God, the father in heaven wants us to know his voice. He wants to know that we are listening and that when he speaks, that he knows that we will have our ear to him more uh, more, you know, in a, in a more focused manner. See, this is one of the reasons why I stepped away from really pretty much the world as a whole, maybe not 100%, but almost, I mean, obviously not completely because I still have a laptop in front of me and a cell phone in my hand playing audio. So obviously I have not stepped up away from it 100%, but my bottom line is what I'm trying to you know, the point I'm making here is I don't listen to music. I went all day now, 12 hours today and all week last week, 12 hours a day, no music. I do not listen to music. I either have the windows down and I listen to the wind roaring or the sound of my engine going with my windows up. I try to do my best to be intent as best as I possibly can 
to listen to God. I want to know his voice. I want to be able to discern better. I want to be able to uh, be more intuitive. Um, Lizanella was just asking, do you sing to yourself? No, but I talk to myself and we have a driver facing camera in our tractors. So God forbid, if I ever hit a bump and it activates the camera, it'll catch me probably talking to myself and looking like a crazy guy. I don't know. You know what? No, that's kind of a lie. I do kind of sing once in a while. Sometimes a stupid song will pop in my head. Um, I wish I had it for instance, but I had a couple that, that stuck out in my head. I don't know why, but anyway, but I do my best to quiet my mind so I can hear God. And quite frankly, all I hear is my diesel motor. So he must not have anything to say to me, at least not yet anyway. But I thought that was very important to play. He doesn't separate us or excuse me, he doesn't create situations that make us lonely. He separates us because he wants us to distinguish his voice from our family, from our friends, from our enemies, from social media. He wants us to know the difference. Now, here's another thing that I think parents should definitely listen to. 28 seconds. This is very good. Question everything. Okay. Question everything that we were taught to obey. All right. And this is what they don't want. Who's they, Jason? The people who are trying to take over the world and destroy it. Listen. It's going to trigger a lot of people, but it is what it is. You want to raise smart kids? Then allow them to question the rules you would expect them to automatically follow, because this is a sign of intelligence, not trouble. It's time to lose the idea that unquestioned obedience is a sign of goodness. No. That's just a person who hasn't been allowed to think for themselves. So they're easier to manipulate. This is going to trigger a lot. That's right. Because they are easier to manipulate. See, they, they just want a bunch of, you know, useless, thoughtless workers. They don't want people who can critically think. They do not want people who know how to, you know, who, who, who will stand up to, to the status quo and question authority when authority is acting in an oppressive and tyrannical manner. They don't want people like that. They want people who will sit down and shut up. Well, that's not you. That's not me. That's why his hard line is here. We are not that group of people. Okay. That's why we are a special group of people. And look, quite frankly, if this platform never grows on to the levels of that of like Joe Rogan, so be it. No big deal. Don't care. Cause you want to know why I'm okay with that? Because the quantity or excuse me, the quality is far more superior in the people who participate here than the quantity. I'd rather have only 20 or 30 people over 20 or 30 people here any day of the week if they are good quality people you want to know why because when you have somebody of good quality those are the movers and shakers that are actually going to set fire to the world and make a big difference and work on behalf of god the father in heaven with christ in their heart that i'd rather have any day of the week and that's the point with the assemblies the assembly of states you need good quality people not scumbags who want to have, you know, elevate their status, not disruptors who want to destroy the Republic. None of those communist, you know, manifesto following freaks. No, good God following people who have love of country, love of God, love of country and love of family. 
Angie was saying right here in the chat, LOL, I identify so much with those statements. I was never easily programmed and paid the consequences like every day. Yeah, I think a lot of us do. You know, if you go against the pain of what the establishment wants us to conform to, we're always going to be met with opposition, which kind of falls in line in a way with the reading that we're going to have here in Psalm 44. So let's get into that and we'll continue this discussion. I do have uh, I do have a call I need to be on here after this, so I can't spend a whole lot of time and go over my time like I usually do. It's been a busy week, a busy month. Uh, like I said, I got horseback ridings on Thursday. We got so much going on. It's it's insane. We got a, a niece's birthday this week. It, it's a lot, a lot going on. But Psalm 44. Okay. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version Bible, by the way. And it starts off with verse one by reading, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days and the days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples and cast them out, for they did not gain possession of the land of their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. But it was your it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you, we will push down our enemies, and through your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. In God, we boast all day long and praise your name forever, Salah. But you have cast us off and put us to shame, and you do not go out with our armies. You make us turn back from the enemy, and those who hate us have taken spoil for themselves. You have given us up like sheep intended for food and have scattered us among the nations. You sell your people for next to nothing and are not enriched by selling them. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to those all around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a shaking of the head among the peoples. My dishonor is continually before me. And the shame of my face has covered me because of my voice, excuse me, because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles because of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you, nor have we dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. But you have severely broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a foreign God, would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of our heart. Yet for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our body clings to the ground. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. And that is the, the reading of Psalm chapter 44, verses 1 through 26. So Psalm 44 is a psalm that is attributed to the sons of Korah. It expresses the collective voice of the people of Israel. 
it reflects on their um, their past victories and present distress. And the psalm oscillates between recounting God's past faithfulness, right, to all of a sudden expressing the current struggles and the feelings of abandonment. And I know a lot of you might be feeling that right now, possibly to some varying degree or another. A lot of people are wondering what's going on. We, we feel like we're not seeing any progress being made moving forward with our assembly of states because we have too many of these infiltrating, you know, seditious and treasonous scumbags who are trying to obfuscate and try to hinder progress. And let me tell you, that's far from the truth. They may think that they have gotten away with their actions, but far from it. So you got to remember, you may be feeling like this, right? During these current struggles, you might be feeling like you're abandoned, but I can assure you we're not. Now back to this, the psalm begins with a, uh, a recollection of God's past deeds on behalf of Israel. Talking about how he had helped them conquer nations and establish their land. Right? The days of old, the good old days. It emphasizes that their victories were not achieved by their own strength, but through God's intervention. And see, that's the part I think a lot of people need to make sure they keep in the back of their mind. Any success that we have here on this earth while we are living, this short little vapor in, in time that we call, you know, a century of living, God, it doesn't matter if you are a millionaire, doesn't matter if you're a CEO or you're a successful uh, whatever podcaster, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you have accomplished. It doesn't matter if you single-handedly took down a communist nation. It doesn't matter. You do not do these things without the hand of God working at your side. And for anybody who claims, look at these things that I have done, you might want to watch your six because I'm going to tell you now that is not the way God wants to be glorified by being ignored. God is always there helping us. God is always there backing us up. All things are possible through God, not through us alone. So people need to keep that in the back of their mind as we proceed forward in our assembly of states. Okay, don't think for one minute, oh, look what I did. Look what I did. I, I got this county assembled and settled. Look what I did. No, no. Look what God did. Look what God helped you with. Look what God blessed you with. And yes, Rietta says right here, pride before the fall. This is why my pride and my ego has completely went out the door a long time ago. Because I've learned with pride and ego destroys a man on every single level. Now, back to the psalm. Now, it went from talking about the victories that were achieved with the help of God's intervention to the tone that ended up shifting. And then the psalmist ends up lamenting the current situation. See, despite their faithfulness to God, they experience defeat and humiliation. They're you know, they, they express confusion. 
they've they they expressed this sense of abandonment. They're like, God, come on, like you've helped us in the past. Where are you today? You know, they're feeling like God rejected them. They forgot about them, right? And and it makes sense if you had victories of the past, and then all of a sudden God is just letting you be led to slaughter like a bunch of you know sheep to be eaten. Yeah, that could be a little disheartening. And so the psalmist argues that their suffering is not due to any transgressions or unfaithfulness on their part. They actually affirm their loyalty and commitment to God, appealing to his covenant and asking him to rise up and deliver them from their enemies. But for some reason he doesn't. I wonder why. Is it maybe because they thought in their own mind that they were doing good, but not in the eyes of the Lord? I mean, anybody's guess, but the psalm concludes with a plea for God's intervention. Asking that their ultimate hope lies in him. They express their trust that God will not forsake them forever and ask for his deliverance. They hope for a renewed display of his unfailing love and faithfulness, but overall, Psalm 44 serves as a lamentation expressing the tension between the people's past experiences of God's faithfulness and to their present distress. It conveys the cry of a faithful community facing adversity and seeking reassurance and deliverance from their hardships. See, I, I look at this summary and I kind of I think about with what we're going through today, right? With with what we're seeing in today's economic climate, what we're seeing in today's political climate, right? Which I don't even know if there really is a political climate anymore because all we're really watching is falsified kabuki theater. It's all nonsense. And if you're paying attention to the boob tube on TV and you're subscribed to cable or satellite still, and you're still, you know, feeding into the nonsense, CNN, Fox News, you know, uh, Hannity. I mean, I don't know who's out there anymore? Glenn Beck. I mean, I'm sorry, but you could think these people are good, right? You might think Sean Hannity or not Sean Hannity, but Glenn Beck. You might think Glenn Beck is a solid voice, but keep in mind, he didn't get where he got at just by, uh, you know, being faithful to God, I'm sorry, but, you know, he's on a lot of syndicated networks. He was on Fox News. I mean, you don't get that far in life without making some deals and handshakes and signing on the dotted line with the devil. I'm just saying. Now, I'm not trying to accuse anybody or defame anybody, but I'm just saying you don't get to those levels and statuses without making a deal with Satan himself. So. You know, the thing is, the thing of the matter is, is that, again, I know a lot of people feel like nothing is really occurring. You know, people are seeing this and that and what's going on with Ukraine and and Ukraine possibly becoming part of NATO. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Then you're seeing the whole Hunter Biden and Joe Biden nonsense. I mean, I, I this is why I refuse to read through the headlines because it's just stupid. I mean, you got stuff like this. Let me see if I can find it. My, my wife just sent me this. Hold on. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Listen to this. I don't know if you guys heard this, what Disney's doing. I think this is it. I mean, when you hear stuff like this, it's easy for people to think, my God, 
God, where are you at? Listen to this. See if it'll pull up. Give it a second. It's loading. Thank you. I'm Alan Bergman. I'm the co-chair of the entertainment division at Disney. And we have a special announcement to make today. As you know, Disney is a place of magic. It's where frogs turn into princes, where orphans like Cinderella can transform into beautiful princess. And unlike us jaded adults, the children believe in magic. And we spent a hundred years cultivating a brand that has been trusted and loved by families for generations. And with that trust, we've covertly been inserting queerness into our films and television shows. First as LGBTQ background characters and later in leading roles and plot points. And few parents know that two years ago now for Pride Month on Disney Plus, our streaming service, we streamed the Disney Plus drag queen extravaganza to help introduce queer ideologies and sexualities to the children and encourage them to experiment on their own. And we're proud of our perfect DEI score, our diversity, equity, and inclusion score, but we always strive to go above and beyond what is expected. And so we're proud to announce that this summer we're gonna be opening Disney-themed pediatric transgender clinics for the children across the country. As you know, <laughs> there's still a tremendous stigma against parents deciding to change the gender of their children. See, that's crazy. I thought this children, guy. Oh, hold on! I thought this guy looked familiar because the hat threw me off. Because I'm watching it, there's a bunch in front of him. Yeah, I thought this looked like Mark Dice because that's the guy that goes up to people on the street and asks him like really simple, easy questions like, uh, "Give me four states here in America," and they like list off countries or something like that. Like that's that's the same Mark Dice, right? I want to make sure this is the same guy because I'm looking at his head, his face. It looks like him. See, okay, this makes more sense. So this guy is just clearly just making fun of Disney. But you know what, though? Sadly, though, okay, if we could be completely honest. Now, I know Mark Dice, and he is he's actually very funny. I actually like what his work. But the sad thing is, is through this comedy skit that he I hate to say it, but with the world that we seem like we're living in, it doesn't seem like it's too far-fetched. You know, it does not seem like it's too far-fetched because, I mean, let's face it, it's freaking Disney. It's freaking Disney. I mean, we live in a world where our, our polit po politicians are involved in the crimes of child trafficking and, and doing ex just disgusting sexual things with children. So the fact that if it, if it had this not been Mark Dice, and this was actually a legit real thing, because I was reading through the text, I couldn't see the name either, but his, his name looked familiar. But had this not been Mark Dice, honestly, this would have not have surprised me if this was a real thing. I'm just saying, that's where our world has kind of gone. And it's pretty sick. Because we live in a time now where they are continuously ramping up their nonsense rhetoric, their 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 agenda, their their transgender agenda. And quite frankly, it just seems like nothing anymore these days is really not just out of the realm of possibility, but it's just it's like they're trying to desensitize us and be like, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let them see with this now. We're going to let them ex be exposed to this. Be, I mean, it's like, it's like they're revealing hands of who they are. 
uh, I think I can't remember who sent this. I think was this Rietta? Maybe hold on. I I think let me go back to my chat because I like this. Uh, no, somebody else, somebody in our assembly here in Michigan. So listen to this. This is another one. So a transgender gets a message from God. Listen. Jesus that day, I pursued him for an entire year. I was reading my word. I was praying. I was still transgender during this time. And a year later, I was living with my ex at the time, um, bought the ring, you know, about to start my life with this person. And I'm in the prayer closet and I'm like, God, why am I not seeing breakthrough in my life? I'm doing everything you asked me to do. And all of a sudden, God speaks to me and gives me a vision. And he says, in, in this vision, there was a man and a woman on one side. And then on the other side, there was a man and a man and a woman and a woman. The man and the woman had babies. It was like glowing really bright. And it was like generations went down the line. And then on the other side, with the man and the man and the woman and the woman, there was a red line under their feet. And it was black because you you can't recreate life that way. So I'm staring at this like vapor, like this vision in front of my face. And God speaks to me. And he says, I made man and woman so you could recreate and share the good news of my son, Jesus Christ. And, and he says, if the devil can convince somebody, a little boy or a little girl, a man or a woman, that they are gay, lesbian, or trans. He said, not only is the devil going against my will, because the devil's will is always against God's will, but the devil is wiping out entire family bloodlines and generations of people that I intended to be born will not exist for my glory. So I just remember feeling, wow, I've been really selfish my whole life. Everything in my life was based on my feelings. Oh, I feel like I'm a lesbian. I feel like I'm trans. I feel like God hates me. And I was wrong. Yeah. That was a very powerful testimony from this transgender um, individual. And it took a lot of brave bravery and courage to discuss that openly. Um, it really did. And, but, the, but let's, let's keep, let's keep this for what it is. Let's keep this simple, stupid, as they say, right? I forgot who said this. Um, trying to remember who said this. Somebody not that long ago said this, but you could take, one man and a hundred women and drop them on an island and take a hundred men and drop them on an island, right? That are gay and watch which one ends up with the most graves and which one ends up flourishing and thriving and growing more. God made man and woman for a reason. To continue on the bloodlines, to continue on explaining, or not explaining, but sharing the testimony and the good news of his son, Jesus Christ. That's right. Be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay. See, that, that, that transgender individual that was in that video made a very interesting comment at the end, which kind of, kind of pulls me back to the tail end of that Psalm 44. And I can't remember exactly what, but something to the tune of, you know, I'm wondering, you know, why does God hate me? You know, or does God hate me? It's not that God hates. So, like, back to these people, right? Even though these people in Psalm 44... They, they, they express their trust in God, right? And they don't forsake him and, and, and they ask for his deliverance, right? And they try to give a renewed display of their unfailing love and faithfulness to him. But 
there had to been something missing. See, God doesn't hate anybody. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a, a big you know fan of anybody that causes little ones to fall, right? Because it does say anyone that causes these little ones to fall in the Bible, it'd be better for them to have a millstone cast around them and sunk to the bottom of the sea than for Father to find them. But I would imagine, this is just my, my thoughts, God doesn't really hate everybody. If you think you're not getting your prayers answered or you think that the oppression of your enemies is closing in hot on you, maybe it's not because God hates you, but maybe there might be a lesson that you need to learn. Maybe he's forging you in the fire to strengthen you, right? Maybe God, God, God works in so many miraculous ways, but what seems to us perceivably to be, um, I don't want to say it. What seems to be perceived as God's giving up on us and he's not feeding could very well be a refinement process or like Destry was just saying right here in the chat. God tests us with choices. God gives us the knowledge with the Bible and he leaves us and he leaves self-determination to us. That's right. I mean, the people even said to Jesus, Lord, Lord, you know, we cast demons out in your name. We did this in your name. We did that in your name, you know, and, and they're just bragging about how they did everything in his name. And he, what did he say? Turn from me. I, I never knew you people that just like the psalmist writing right here at the end of it right reflecting on all the good things god did for them but then expressing the sorrow and the and the pain that they're dealing with by their oppressors and their enemies i mean there god has a very perfect plan here but we need to not rely on our own understanding Proverbs is very, very clear on that. We cannot, we cannot rely on our own understanding and our own mind of why things are the way they are. We just have to remain faithful, keep turning our lives over to God 100% of the time. I mean, again, I will re revert back to the book of Job. Job was prosperous in all that he had in his life. He had the large family. He was like Donald Trump of his day. He had so much livestock, so much farmland, so much everything. Big family. Everything was going great. He was a faithful servant of God. Then all of a sudden, Satan decided to make a deal and a bet, if you will, with God saying, I bet you I can get Job to curse you to your face if you take away all these things from him. And obviously, we're not going to get into the lessons of Job, but the bottom line is, is that Job never cursed God to his face. Now, he may have cursed the day that he was born, but he never cursed God or said, damn you, or anything like that. He just remained faithful. So we never know what's going on in the background in the spiritual realm with God or with Satan or with an Archangel Michael. We don't know what's happening in the realm that is unseen. And people would look at me with two heads. I'm like, what do you mean, Jason, the realm unseen? Now you're getting that weird hokey pokey kind of conversation. No, I'm not. Read your Bible because there is a realm that's unseen. And a lot of people want to deny it. 
I've experienced that crap firsthand. So has my wife. So there is a realm unseen and it can make itself manifest into a reality uh, where it can make itself visible. And it ain't funny. So there's reasons why God does what he does. My wife was just saying right here, that person was living of the flesh of the world, not the heavenly world, God's kingdom. That's right. And God gave that individual a vision of a side-by-side. One side was man and woman, and the other side was man and man and woman and woman with a red line underneath it, a black line that shows that's where your lineage stops. But the one with the man and woman, God's perfect design, the, you know, be fruitful and multiply design, if you will, had generations upon generations upon generations of children and more children and more children to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm just kind of looking here. There's maybe, there is one other thing I wanted to play here. Oh, where is it? Trying to decide. I'm going to save that one for a different show. I'm going to save that one for a different show. You know what? I want to play this one. This is about two minutes long, and then we'll close us out in prayer. Kind of, you know, I'm just going to be straight with you guys. This really doesn't have any relevance to the topic of what we're discussing, but it is talking about still related to God and the Bible. This is uh, a little a little two-minute piece that I found. It's called, uh, it, it was a little news article or news piece about the slave Bible. Just give this a listen to, because when I watched this and I heard this, it just kind of reaffirms more in my mind that there's without a doubt that the 66 books that most people have in their Bible, or 73 that's in my Bible, because I have the New American Bible Revised Edition, But the 66 books that are in most Bibles, you know, the 1599 Geneva Bible, the King James Version, the New International, yada, 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 yada. There is no doubt that there are absolutely hundreds more books that are missing from the Bible. Listen to this. Inside Washington's Museum of the Bible, a single volume that is like no other, the so-called Slave Bible, remarkable not for what's in it, but for what's not. So about 90% of the Old Testament's been removed and about 50% of the New Testament's been removed. Uh, To put it another way, a normal King James Version has 1,189 chapters in it. Uh, The Slave Bible has only 232. 232 chapters versus the 1,100 plus? Wow. Missing are chapters and verses that might have encouraged uprisings. Book of Exodus, redacted. No story of Moses demanding Pharaoh, let my people go. Gone is Galatians, and the verse, there is neither bond nor free, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And no Jeremiah, woe unto him that useth his neighbor's service without wages. What they've left in are verses as Ephesians 6, 5, which is the famous verse, slaves be obedient to your master. Looking at this Bible, it's hard to tell that anything's been taken out of it. That's correct. I mean, it looks like a normal book. For many enslaved Africans, this would have been the first time they were exposed to the Bible. A Bible selectively edited to instill obedience, using religion to underpin the horror of slavery. 
When people encounter this exhibit, what lasting impression do you want them to leave with? But well, we want to pass the message on that may this never happen again. Uh, the Bible itself is a, is a whole book. It's not one that you get to carve up and use this piece or that piece. The slave Bible designed to repress rebellion, but it didn't work. Enslaved people in the Caribbean constantly fought against slavery until emancipation. I think it's very relevant to understand our history, not just American history, but our African-American history, our roots and how we got to this point. A dark chapter in the history of the good book. Jeff Bennett, NBC News, Washington. Yeah, I know it's NBC. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, but it goes to show you, okay, it goes to show you that they will do whatever they can to try to take the truth out of our lives so that we can be easily more deceived. See, I'm pretty certain the Bible says it somewhere. I don't have it directly in front of us, in front of me, but that God's word is written in our heart. Yes, the book makes it easier so we can read it. But back to one of the very first audio pieces that I played at the beginning of the show about how God doesn't put us in a state of loneliness. He separates us from the rest because he wants us to know his voice. He wants to be able to hear him. He wants us to be able to discern who he is versus who the enemy is. We cannot rely on man. Yeah, Oscar was just saying right here, the field training manual, 2000-25. You've heard me talk about this at great length in past previous months. That was hidden since the 1930s. FDR tried even getting it destroyed. Jason, what's the field training manual 2000-25? Well, go to hishardline.com, go click on the assembly link, and you'll find a little another link. It'll say TM 2000-25, and there's a 17-part series there. Go listen to those starting with uh, part one and work your way to part 17. I read the entire field training manual, and I'm going to tell you right now, every homeschooler out there, every homeschooled parent should read this to their children. It is a good educational piece but i digress but oscar makes a good point just that alone was hidden from us since the 1930s and in case you're just curious i'll pique your curiosity it's a field training manual that was released by the war department to the army that showed how to turn a nation back to a republic from a democracy yes you heard me correctly how to turn a nation back to a republic from a democracy because as we hear these scumbags all the time on TV from the de facto government, this is a threat to our democracy. This is a threat to our democracy. This is a threat to our democracy. They sound like the freaking little midget munchkins from, you know, the Wizard of Oz. This is a threat to our democracy. Okay. <laughs> I knew you'd like that, Alvin. Shut up. But you see what I'm saying, though? God's word is written on our heart, and we need to learn... I knew you guys would like that little laugh. We need to learn, to, you know, how to listen to God's voice. We need to learn how to discern. Because let me tell you what, these people, evil is rearing its ugly head more and more by the day. I'm seeing it. I am seeing it. And some of those people, you could probably read in the update from May of 2023 on the national-assembly.net website. Yeah, I'll put it out there. Go read it. 
go to www.national-assembly.net and go read the update for May 2023 because these people are doing whatever they can. And I've seen their little rear their ugly faces. And the traders will be going down. Okay, it's just, it's, 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 it, evil comes in many forms. So go read it. Again, national-assembly.net. It's right over there. But while you're going the forums, go educate yourself. There's a lot of good information over there. Learn about the fundamental orders of 1638. I also did a podcast on that. Know your Magna Carta. Listen, you know, read that. Get involved. Get your mind educated and start getting, you know, start participating in the restoration of this country because evil and the bad will not triumph. I don't care what they say or what they think. This is my platform because these same people try to sit here and attack me. Okay, I'm getting a text from my wife. She's telling me not smart. Well, no, I am going to say this right here, right now, because I'm very calculated with, with what I'm about to say. This is my platform, damn it. And I am not saying anything that isn't already out there on the web or that hasn't already been discussed coming out of my own mind here. This is my platform. This is the freedom of speech. You don't like it, turn the channel, get the hell out of here. Because reprobates are no longer allowed to be here. You don't like it, go somewhere else. Go listen to your little fake news somewhere else. We're not dealing with you guys anymore. Like Destry was saying right here, restoration of a Republican form of constitutional government is under an active coup attempt. Yes, it is. And I'm not going to sit here and squelch at it or, or shriek from it. We're calling it out. We're calling it out. It's time to work for God, people. It's time to start listening to his call. So start separating yourself from those bad people so you can listen and hear God's voice. Understand who you are and understand what you're fighting for. This is a plea to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today seeking your strength and guidance just as Adam faced the struggles and battles against Satan. And we acknowledge the ongoing fight we all face against the forces of evil. Believe me, we know. Had him face to face with me this week. Please send Archangel Michael to aid us in this spiritual warfare. Grant us the courage to resist temptation and give us the wisdom to discern right from wrong. Help us find comfort in knowing that we are not alone and that your love surrounds us. Lord, guide us in your journey. 
empowering us to overcome the challenges that we encounter. May we always find strength in your presence and the assistance of Archangel Michael. And I had to scroll back up here. I thought I saw a prayer that Rietta put already here in the chat. And Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, please, please continue to reveal to us truth, wisdom, and discernment. No matter what has happened to your Bible, we trust that you have given that, that you have given to us. That's right. Um, hold on, let me read. And <laughs> forgive me, guys. I just can't read today. And and also we want you to know, Lord, that our faith in Jesus and He it, it is um, who He is makes us one of your children. Our hope is in heaven with you. And thank you, Lord, for your perfect will. And and we, your children, know your voice. And we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't worry about it, Rietta. She says, sorry, I posted it before I wanted it to. Not a big deal. <laughs> Not a big deal. Uh, I'm glad you posted it. And yes, oh, and um, excuse me, I, I missed this before I uh, after I said amen, but let me add a P.S. to the prayer, and, and thank you, Oscar. And, and yes, Father, we also ask that you call those to the assembly that you want there. We do ask that. We got a lot of work to do. We understand that. So please help us. In your, in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, again, we pray amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And, and and like I said, this is not a time to be backing down from evil. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is not a time to be backing down. This is not a time to be backing down. When you get to my get in my face nose to nose that's a problem when you start doing physical and verbal and assaults that's a problem that's a problem that is a big freaking problem and i'm going to tell you right now to all the reprobates that like to listen in and get their panties in a bunch. Oh, Jason, I can't believe you're doing this on a show that's Christ-centered. No, no, you know what? They have to hear it. Because, again, like who, who evil, like Rietta just put here, evil happens when good men do nothing. This is my platform. His hard line is God's platform, and I am his servant. So if you got a problem with this platform, you could take it up with God. Again, I am not the official face or voice of the national state or county assemblies. If you don't like the crap that comes off out of my mouth here, turn off the Podbean app and go find yourself a safe space and cry about it. Because I've had it with the Karens and Darrens out there that want to freaking just be just a bunch of little weenies out there. No more. We got work to do, and God's got our back, and we are going to get it done. It's time to free a nation. Ladies and gentlemen, have a 
God-blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world. Stay strong, remain in prayer, and remember, God's got this. We'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.